I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to... A show that for no really good reason we're going to call DK versus Carter. Yeah. Because here's how this works. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. He's Christopher Carter. And what we do do occasionally is we'll just start debating something. You know, and in the corona times, it's via text and whatever else. I'll say, hey, Carter, what do you think of this? And pretty much anticipating we're not going to agree on it. Mm Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do now instead is actually turn that into something meaningful and substantive. Yeah, sure. Or this instead. Or this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Saturday night, the the NFL uh, Defensive Player of the Year award went to Aaron Donald instead of T.J. Watt, and that was greeted with just joy and glee in, throughout all of Western Pennsylvania, except for Penn Hills. <laughs> and Carter, I honestly don't even know. Like, how do you feel about this? I, I got mixed feelings, DK. If it was me, I would have picked TJ Watt. If, if it was my vote, I would have said TJ Watt's my defensive player of the year. On numbers. On, uh, just pure numbers alone. By, by all, But last year when he didn't get it over Stephon Gilmore, they said, well, he didn't have enough numbers. You couldn't say that this year. He had 15 sacks, led the NFL, didn't play in the last game of the season. He had 23 tackles for loss, also led the NFL. 41 quarterback hits, also led the NFL. Seven pass breakups, two forced fumbles, and an interception. Compared to Aaron White, and I threw everyone else away. I'm like, forget Miles Garrett. Forget all these other people you're trying to throw into conversation. Move them out of the way. It's these two, 1A, 1B. You never gave Xavier Howard any, any nope. anything. Okay. As much as I like Xavier Howard, not this he year. He was really good. He was really good. He was really good. But but to me, when you're the defensive player of the year, you're the guy that changed everything for your team. Okay. And and Xavier Howard did that a little bit for the Dolphins. I but was not about the, to say a few teams changed for the better more than Miami. But okay. But, I just but, don't, I don't want to throw him out off the pile without even giving him a nod. It, you know, guy had ten picks and some spectacular plays. But, he, he did. Yeah. He did. But. The way that T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald wrecked backfields, to me, that was on a whole other level this year. And of the and this is now Aaron Donald's third Defensive Player of the Year award in the last four years. He's also one of three players all time to have to have win the Defensive Player of the Year award three times. And T.J. Watt had him in sacks, fifteen to thirteen and a half tackles for loss, twenty three to fourteen. Wait, did you just try to Meryl Streep this process. What is that mean? what you just did there? Where like because Aaron Donald had won a couple already, now it was Meryl's turn. I mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was? I mean, may, maybe, but uh, but my, my my problem with this is DK that is that I would never touch. I, I just don't believe in that. I, I, but see, I'm I'm not saying that he definitely deserved it, but I'm saying when you look at the, the fact that he's done this, he's he's earning a, he's earned a lot of respect. My, the reasoning why I get it, why I get someone voted for Aaron Donald over T.J. Watt, 
is the position of defensive tackle is not supposed to yield 13 and a half sacks. That is fair. The the the, the position of defensive tackle is supposed to be like uh, old school Casey Hampton. You know, you're you're stuffing the run. People, you're you're taking on double teams. Old school, not new school. Right, yeah. n- n- old school. Because although, there's plenty. Although AD is kind of ushering in the new school, but he, he really yeah. he really is. And and heck, the Steelers are seeing it. You know, Stephon to it, even though officially he's a defensive end, he plays D tackle, and he has 11 sacks on the on the year. Yeah. Um, but where if you study the film and you see how much teams try to do to stop Aaron Donald and the fact that he's still coming through, that's where I'm like. I can't be mad at anyone who voted for Aaron Donald this year because he was literally triple teamed, not double teamed, triple teamed yeah, consistently. It happened. it happened. It happened. Wasn't it the Seahawks that like sent like put like their entire team on him? The, their center and both their guards would just collapse to him. I mean, that's that's sad. That is, I mean, it's another reason why the Seahawks fell apart later in the year because their offensive line was trash and Russell Wilson was just making magic out of nothing. Um, but if you got to do that, like yeah. don't even don't even make the flight, you know. <laughs> and and it, it's also a crazy reminder of how insane it is that the Steelers held up against Aaron Donald two year last year when they played him at Heinz Field. Well, but they used a gimmick. They used a gimmick too. True, they, uh, g- gimmick or not, they were able to hold yeah. their own. That was the Matt game. Filer. Matt Filer moved for anybody who doesn't know, moved from right tackle uh, inside to guard and just basically did like a. Uh, you know, a double, t- well, not basically, it was a double team. Yep. I just, we're not, we might lose. We're not losing to that guy. Right. Exactly. Take him out of the game. Make say, like in basketball, they say, make someone else take the shot. MJ yep. ain't hitting it. Uh, and that, and that's what you got to do to Aaron Donald. So that's why I get why people picked Aaron Donald. I, and I'm, I'm not mad at anyone who's upset over TJ Watt because you make a lot of sense too. I, again, I would have picked TJ. But I also see the other side of this argument. It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers in the MVP conversation. Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. I think he's the better quarterback. But if you're talking about who was the most valuable player this year, which is all it's supposed to be about. It's not ratings, right? It's not. It's not attaching a you know like a Madden like you know <laughs> 98 rating on the guy because he's that. It's it's about performance and with within the NFL's criteria for voting it doesn't even allow for intangibles they don't there it's the only uh mvp type award that yeah. doesn't even have the v in it yeah. there's no reference just defensive player of the year mm-hmm. i could go devil's advocate really easily yeah sure on either one of these from the devil's advocate against aaron donald standpoint i will say that I have very little use from an award standpoint for saying it's awesome that he brings double teams and triple teams. To me, that's like giving a guy credit because he gets intentionally walked because the other teams are afraid he's going to get a home run. Or to use your Michael Jordan parallel. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you're basically, you're instead of saying defensive player of the year, you're saying defensive wasn't allowed to make a player of the year, okay? Because that's a lot of what they do to AD. And yes, it's to his credit that he still put up the numbers that he did and everything else. But uh, I don't, I don't like looking at that because then I could look back at TJ and say, you know, they did all kinds of things to TJ. Mm-hmm. You know, now he didn't, he didn't get anywhere near as many double teams, but he got chipped. He had a running back stay back. They were all aware of him. 
Uh, he got held he like was, he was clothesline and choke and choke holded to oh. death all year. I'll I mean, say, I don't that, know how to compare true. that to what happens to AD, especially on the interior. That's that's not something I'm going to be qualified to do. Uh, you know, some kind of side by side view. Yeah. With these two guys, but I know what I saw with TJ, mm-hmm. and I know that he made the plays. Yeah. Player of the year, he made the plays when Bud Dupree went down. He continued making the plays when you and I and a lot of other people were certain, certain that he was going to see all kinds of extra attention, and he kept making plays. Yep. Now, sacks in his last three games. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and other stuff too. It's not. It's never just about mm-hmm. sacks with TJ. Now, on the other hand. You know, uh, AD is special. Yeah. Um, And voters are human. And the more that that consensus grows, that we're seeing one of the best defensive players in the history of the sport. Yep. You know, you're going to, you're not going to take that, Oscar away and give it to Merrill just because she didn't win it last year. You know, <laughs> right. you, you, you're going to, you're going to keep giving it to him until somebody really wrestles it. Um, I know that's not right. I know that's not the criteria and everything else. Uh, but I think that had, it just had to have been part of the voting. There's no way that they weren't influenced in particular by the double teams and triple teams. No way. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, the only thing I'd say about the walking the batter analogy, when you walk, when you walk a guy to get for, to, to 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 get on first to, to put him on first, you're not, you still you still have a chance to strike out the next guy. You can still like say, like say I walk I walk uh you know the the the, the guy that's the number three in the lineup and I and I and I I'm, I still you're have pitching, a chance. You're, to you're pitching to yeah you're you're you're. Pitching around big-headed Barry in San Francisco, you're right. choosing to pitch to Jeff Kent. Yeah. At which point it, Jeff Kent becomes a superstar. Right. He, he, he's he's looked, the guy with the 10 sacks now. But, 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 see, but see, here's the thing is that when you're doing that in football, you're not the, – the pitcher still has the same chance to strike you out. Mm-hmm. I can still come after you. If I'm triple-teaming a, a defensive tackle – He's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. But now, if one inside linebacker blitzes behind you, I am dead. I have I have nothing else to throw at you because my offensive tackles yeah. have to take care of the edge. I, I could still see in baseball though. You're still hurting yourself by putting a man on base, and that hurts certain things that you can do. Uh, it it hurts strategy. It hurts pitch selection. Makes but you can work for a double play. Nervous. You can. Yeah, you can. But but I, I think it's a fair parallel. No, I get what you're saying. I just um, if I had a vote to cut to the chase, I, I would I would uh, on my end, I my vote would have gone to TJ. Um I have no issue with saying out loud that I would be swayed by the fact that I watched in person all 16 of his games. <laughs> Not- I also am human. You're right. Okay? I saw one of ADs. Okay. Yeah. I mean there's you know, that's just how that goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I I did see a fair amount of AD on TV. I know exactly wh- who he is and what he is, mm-hmm. and what he's achieved. But I didn't see 
like TJ was just taking games over, man. There was no answer for him. There was no answer for him. Um, and for the Steelers to jump out to the 11 and 0 start, I don't know if you call 11 and 0 a start, you're halfway into the second half of the season, right. but to being 11 and 0, uh, they did that on 90s back. They did. I mean, that, that team was fueled, driven, motivated, pumped up, and everything else by TJ Watt. Um, I wish he'd gotten Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I think he deserves one at some point in his career, and I you know agree. how that goes. Every year that goes by, you know, somebody else, you never know who. You know, mm-hmm. it could be, uh, you know, it could be one of those those terrific defensive linemen in Washington. Somebody could just come out of nowhere, you know. Yep. And just and you just go, whoa, who's that? Well, there they are, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you don't know when you're going to get another chance, and I think that's why everybody in Pittsburgh and, of course, JJ down in Houston had to go freak out over it and everything else. I, I, I am. <laughs> he's one of the players that's gotten it three times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I, I, I don't have a, a major issue with it. I just don't. I hate to sound just like you on this, but I, I really thought we might actually disagree here, and we were going to have like a real. But I, I just don't. We. That's the thing is it's it's there's you could you can easily if you're a reasonable person and you're and you take your fandom out of it Steelers fans you can sit back and you can say if Aaron Donald played for you and TJ Watt will play for the Rams you'd be arguing for Aaron Donald right now and and you would have merit in doing so that's that's the issue here that there's no this isn't a robbery this isn't you know this isn't this isn't like if if the Steelers had given the MVP trophy of Super Bowl 43 to like Max Starks or something. You know, that would have been like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. James Harrison had a pick six. San Antonio Holmes had a touchdown. And Max Robert had a pretty good game. But right, okay. right. Max had a great game. But come on, man. Like, come on. Like, you can't be giving it to Max Starks. Like, that's what this the, the equivalent would have been here. Um, and it's funny enough, I, but I also think there's there's a potential. There's a potential here that there's just otherly world powers at work here, Dayon. Because in the since Mike Tomlin took over as head coach, the only two times the Steelers have won a defensive player of the year have been the two years they made the Super Bowl. They didn't make it this year. Maybe whatever higher powers are control are pulling the strings, we gotta we gotta wait to see the Steelers make it to the Super Bowl before they get another. Wow! And on that thoroughly desperate note, we're gonna take a break and then and then come back and we're gonna give TJ our own award of a time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. TJ Watt was the bridesmaid again Saturday night in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, losing out to Aaron Donald of the Rams and of Pitt and of Penn Hills High School. And one of the things that you you think about when that happens to a player, Chris Carter, a great player, which is what T.J. Watt is, that, that term gets overused a lot in sports. He, he meets it. He's a great player. Um, is how is it going to affect his – career perception going forward because once you're already as, as accomplished as TJ is uh, there's no way he's not going to be in a Hall of Fame discussion no I agree he, he's going to be in the discussion when he finishes now the thing is about TJ Watt is how he grows Dayon if he 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 feels very confident that he's he still has, has a, a serious upward trajectory that we haven't even seen his best yet Oh, I mean, he told me that last year unequivocally after the big year he had before that. And he was like, he, he, trust me, I have, I have such a long way to go as a football player. I, I'm not even close to being what I'm going to be. And, and that's scary. And I can tell you, as a guy, my second year working here at DKPittsburghSports.com was when he was drafted. And I remember I did my initial film study of him, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I love this guy's effort. I love his, his, te- his technique. But he only has one technique. <laughs> you know, Wisconsin, yeah, yeah. And, and just and in college, it was just he bull rushed you and he shed you, and then he got to the quarterback. And well, he was truly fair- good at it. In fairness, explain to everyone why that was, why he was so raw. I mean, he did. He switched to the position. He wasn't yes. always an edge rusher, right? <laughs> right. And, and, and and that's what's so amazing about his meteoric rise or meteoricers. I, I forget. I don't know the adjective there. Anyways, his, his insane rise to the top and, and making him a first round pick, and why he a big reason why he fell so far down to the Steelers, despite um, the Cowboys and their they they've admitted that they messed up big by not taking him that year, um, but. When you look at T.J. Watt and, and how he grew up, his first training camp, I still remember in that, that first night, the Friday night lights practice where they're at the high school field, mm-hmm. and he's going up against uh, oh, Xavier Grimble. And Ooh, Grimble is a serious athlete, yeah. by the way. Yes. Not, not, not the world's greatest, most uh, the smoothest. Most accomplished football player. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. But a but great a, athlete. Amazing athlete. Okay, go ahead. And they're doing they're doing the Oklahoma drills, the the pass blocking drills, and Grimble is giving him the business. He is he and and Watt is getting frustrated and after one after like the third time where Grimble stoned him. Watt like start, almost started to fight him. They had to break it up. And I see James Harrison, and this is before James Harrison you know turned rogue on the Steelers. He says, "Nine oh, come here." And he pulls he, T.J. Watt comes over, and I'm I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I see James Harrison doing a rip move and like showing him you have to. Showing him other pass rush moves, 
And so he and so like he talks to him. Watt goes back in on the next rep. Tomlin sets it up for him to go go against Gribble. He uses the rip move and he beats Gribble. And hmm. and then and he and like Harrison's like that's what I'm talking about. And Watt's first game of his career against the Browns, he had two sacks and he was spin moving. He was ripping. He was swimming. He was doing all these moves that they had just shown him in camp. But as his rookie season went on, like most rookie seasons do, Dayon. You start to lose those things you learned in camp, and yeah, you, start you to wear down. Them. You wear right. down physically, but you also wear down mentally. Uh, uh, true in every sport, right? But here's the thing: his second year, those moves were permanent, and then he was using them at free will. And now they're getting sharper; they're getting quicker. He's using less wasted movement when he goes into one of those spin moves, when he uses a swim move, and he's now learning how to fake you out, out with different versions of them. Like he'll 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 come out and say, I'm coming outside, I'm coming outside. And then the offensive tackle, they'll tape a take a deeper step, which opens up the inside gap. And then boom, swim move, inside shoulder, bang. And he's got he's got the lane that he needs to get to the quarterback. And that's what he's talking about. He's like, I'm still learning how to mask and mesh up all those moves while I'm also getting stronger and more explosive and smarter about how I can play into this defense. That's how good this dude is, is that he's still growing in that trajectory. And if I'm an offensive lineman, I am scared that I got to go up against that. TJ is going to turn 27 this October. So, you know, when you think about edge rushers, I I mean, we're all all of our perceptions in Pittsburgh are warped by James Harrison, like now and forever, because we're going to think that all of them can play until they're like 40. Right. Um, that is not the case. But something to remember, Dayon. When you know James Harrison, his first year of fully starting with the Steelers, he was 29 years old. Oh, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he yeah. took and for him, he took it took him what five, six years. But he is he, I mean, he is he is different though. Let's I mean, he is different. He's completely okay. he's a different he's a different person. Uh, yeah. everything about <laughs> him is different. But TJ is gonna be twenty seven. Yeah. Um he insists he's getting better. That I I wouldn't dispute for a second that his twenty twenty was better than his twenty nineteen. And I thought the world of his twenty nineteen. So yeah. if he continues that ascension, um, and if the Steelers maintain some level of the type of defense that they had around him. Mm-hmm. this year and that's of course going to be a challenge because of free agency in particular because of uh, the expected loss of Bud Dupree on the other side of the line yeah. um, if those things can happen his trajectory looks really good for at least challenging again you never know what somebody else is going to do because no mm-hmm. one saw Stefan Gilmore coming and being the guy that beat him out last year either yeah uh, the he'll have a chance at DPOY again. Um, he'll also have really started to put himself into that Hall of Fame path. You know, when you start yes. doing stuff like that, that's when you're in the conversation uh, year after year after year, it's remembered because you're constantly being compared to great players. And if you think about it from this standpoint, Carter, the fact that probably not just in Pittsburgh, but around the football world, after Saturday night, there was a real dialogue and a real debate as to who the better football player was. Was it TJ Watt or was the 
was it the universally accepted best defensive player of his generation? You know what I mean? That's a right. nice conversation to be in. It is. It's a great conversation to be in. And and now there's going to be people who talk about this for the next six months. Sure. And, and, and there already were last year. People still felt. Now, again, the argument with, with 2019 was that, well, TJ was still like five sacks behind the leader in sacks and Shaquille Barrett. And you could say that. And that's why Steelers fans are so upset right now is that, well, last year you said he wasn't the leader in sacks and he couldn't be the MVP. And now he's the leader in sacks and he's still not the MVP. So what's he got to do? And yeah. so that those conversations will uh, will will happen over the next six months or so, and lead and all next season too. If he comes in next season and he's healthy and he's wrecking shop, guarantee you it, it, there will be a huge conversation around it. Um, but something crazy to compute here to, to what you're saying about the Hall of Fame and the, and the trajectory of his whole career. T.J. Watt has 49 and a half sacks right now. 49 and a half mm-hmm. in what four years of play. Three, yes. three, four, four years of play. He's four. got 49 and a half sacks. James Harrison has 80 and a half at the leader at the top. TJ Watt is eighth all time. Next year, as long as he, if he stays on the trajectory, is which he's had, what, he had uh, seven sacks his, fr- his, his freshman, his rookie year, 13 sacks 2018, 14 and a half 2019, 15 2020. He's gotten more every single year, slowly but surely. And if he stays on that trajectory, he passes Greg Lloyd at 53 and a half. He passes Lamar Woodley at 57. He passes Cameron Hayward at 58, depending on how many Cameron Hayward gets next year. Cameron's Cam's fifth, is fifth all time. And he'll be put, he'll, he'll probably pass Keith Willis and Joey Porter. He could legitimately have the third most sacks in Steelers history and, next year if he stays on this pace. I, I, I love that. But it's also worth pointing out that what makes him truly special at the risk of speaking ill of the recently deceased is that he's not Kevin green. Mm. Okay. Mm. Kevin green could do exactly one thing on the football field. That was it. He was a pass rusher and every single thing that he did on the football field was measured by a single statistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was there for his, his career and I saw it with my own eyes and he spoke himself about how the guy that was really doing all the damage on that group was Greg Lloyd on the other side of the line. Okay. And so, you know, those guys that, that, you know, that we see some of that with TJ and Bud, but TJ is more complete than those guys. TJ has, in addition to the 49 and a half sacks, 25 career pass deflections, 17 forced fumbles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, what is that? What is that? I don't even know. <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. Uh, in in addition to being able to drop into coverage and everything else that we've described, so I mentioned an award thing. That this leads perfectly into that. This is completely obviously just made up. It's a work of fiction. But if we came up with a defensive player of the generation for the Steelers over the years. Like meaning everything after the 1960s, because they were just awful, and they didn't even have like you know they had you know you know they had some good defensive backs, but they were never like they were you know superstars, right? Mm-hmm. You start with Joe Green, you work your way through. I mean, the 70s, you know how that goes. You could throw the whole all 11 guys on it, right? 
But as you work your way through to the 80s, to the 90s, and so forth, walk me through it. Let's let's do this. Like, take a guy from the 80s or the 90s or whatever. Is it Rod Woodson? Is that the one that just that leaps to mind where you just say, here's your... Yeah, yeah you got you to say Rod the God. I mean, the dude, dude maybe is... It, it, if I was forming an all-time secondary, he's a, he's my cornerback. It's it's oh, him. It's yeah. it's him. Him and Mel or him and Prime. It, you know th- those those are among the. He's he's in the. He's he's one of them. I, I guarantee you that. Oh yeah, I mean, Ed, I mean, to me again, where, where Rod crossed the line was that he just had that special feel about him. He had yeah. that aura. Um, when he did catch the ball for an interception, you know, mm-hmm. the, your first thought, not your second or third thought, your first thought was he six. Could go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that everything to do with his him and his ridiculous speed uh, as a track star out of Purdue and what he was able to do in the early portion of his career with the returns and everything. And um, yeah, I would say that Rod was the first guy mm-hmm. post. You know the well. The, you could you you could say Donnie Shell for the eighties because he stuck around for a long time. Yeah, and, and that's when he racked up a lot of Donnie his interception Shell's numbers not, too. Yeah, Donnie Shell's not generational. You know, I mean, I, 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 again, I'm saying that with respect. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, the, the the teams in the '80s were, you know, they Different, they weren't yeah, they, they weren't yeah. they weren't the same. No, uh, Rod came along, and Rod was like the first special guy, and then after that, the Steelers were blessed to have a couple of those guys. Uh, I think uh, with Troy, uh, and you can't leave him out. You know, you can not right. like him and and whatever else here, but <laughs> you know, you can't leave. You can't leave Debo out of that. You can't. At, at James Harrison, uh, James Harrison, or Troy Polamalu were that of the of the, of the two thousands. That, that that it was them. You could throw Farrier in that discussion because he was such a captain figure. But as yeah, far as he but he didn't pure, have the athleticism. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. If, if, if you're talking about a pure get it done athlete that you would slap on any and on the all time teams of the NFL, those would be the two guys that you throw into that conversation. And TJ Watt right now is working his way into that discussion. And, and you think about this people all up and down. And we saw ESPN do this all summer, even after you you'd think miles Garrett would have, would have been the shunned child of the world, but they did specials on him and gave him chances to, to, to apologize or to show that, you know, that he had contrition about his, him, him and what he did to Mason Rudolph and all the stuff that that's happened with that. And he's still like the, the, the son that everyone wants to love in the NFL. He has yet to have a season as the first overall pick in the same draft. He has yet to have a season with more sacks than TJ Watt. Mm. Watts beat like him every that. single year. And I like that. In, so in, now, in most cases, head to head too. <laughs> right. And, 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 and like, like you said, head to head. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and so when I look at that, I'm like, TJ Watt is putting himself into the conversation of his generation's best edge rusher. Um, uh, cause his generation is, is still going right now. Um, you know, you, you know, you look at guys that, cause Von Miller's kind of like on the back end of his career now. So he's not in that thing, but that's where TJ Watts putting himself. Now what's going to be crazy is, and what the Steelers, and this is why I keep telling people who say, man, the Steelers just have to completely rebuild and they have nothing left and they should just get rid of Ben and just start rebuilding right now, is that y'all fools don't really understand how good Mika Fitzpatrick is and the potential of Devin Bush. And if you have those three guys at every level, you have one in the defensive front, one in the linebacker position, one at the one at the in the secondary, and you can build around that, that's the potential of a great defense for the next six to eight years. 
And if TJ Watt is the leading sack man of that group, and this defense gets to the point where they're healthy, because that's been the problem for the past several years, if they're healthy down the stretch, they can be the number one defense like the Steelers of the 2000s were for so many years under Dick LeBeau. And that Carter, may be... Do you know what TJ TJ's initials stand for? Actually, I don't. Neither did I. It was, when I was looking up these stats here to talk, I'd never heard Trent of his... Jordan. You looked it up too. <laughs> well, no, I had his stats up, and I just didn't scroll. I just that's what up I did too. Yeah. I scrolled up. I was like, I've never heard that in my life. Yep, Trent Jordan. I mean, TJ. T- now someone's gonna have to look up what JJ stands for. I have no idea. <laughs> Here, you know, look up. And, and poor look Derek up. is just JJ is JJ is Justin James Watt. That, that 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 that's a football. He 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 could have went with Justin James. I get Trent Jordan's and just saying TJ. Um. But 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 Justin James, that's a, that's a cool football. Game. Poor poor Derek, these guys got these these TJs and these JJs. Guess, and he's just he Derek. Super cool names and everything else here. And all Derek does is he he has to, he plays like three snaps a game and <laughs> KO'd in his last game and everything else. He by the way is Derek John Watt. We've so oh, so he is a J. He just doesn't want to go with the DJ Watt. Oh, he could have. He could go. It's so he wants to be different. Well, that's why you're a fullback, buddy, and not and not a not a guy who everyone talks about should be defensive player. That's right. That's right. Fullback slash special teams ace. <laughs> anyway, this was fun, Carter. We didn't yes, disagree anywhere near as much as I thought we would, but that's okay too. There's no reason to force this stuff. Right. Because we are professionals. We that's we, right. <laughs> that's right. We're like the TJ Watt and Aaron Donald of this podcast. There you go.